you were getting sleepy. You were getting very sleepy. Just a normal response to listening to our podcast. This week, hypnotism. Have you been practicing your relaxation instructor voice? Because that you're getting sleepy was actually it was pretty soothing. It was pretty yeah, it's, good. I don't want to brag, but I've been doing a bit of work behind the scenes. <laughs> so hypnosis is yeah. what we're talking about today. Up front, D-Train, do you yep. believe in it or not? Do you believe that people can be hypnotized or not? Go. You know, I, I really don't know. I've heard... Have you yes, not done your I've homework got, again? No, I've done, <laughs> I've done the homework. You asked me this before, I've done my homework or after. Let's do a pre-post, before and after. What was your answer? Okay, so before I'd done my homework, I thought, yeah, probably. And then after, I've done extensive research. My, I'm pretty sure I think it's, yeah, probably. <laughs> no, nothing's changed. They probably can in certain, certain people in certain circumstances. You know when you watch that, so like the two types of hypnosis, you've got the stage hypnosis and you've mm. got the hypnotherapy or the clinical hypnosis to treat problems and change habits. But when I watch those stage hypnosis shows and they have these big dramatic reactions to being hypnotized, yeah, there's pretty much just three things that could be going on. One is they're all actors. Two is they're genuinely being hypnotized really severely. Mm. Or three is it's just the psychology of social compliance and peer pressure that is somehow influencing their behavior. Like, they're the three options. And I think of those three, it's probably the last one that I believe in. But we'll come to that a bit more later in the show. Mm. Have you got a definition for us? I do. So, hypnosis is a state of human consciousness involving focused attention and reduced peripheral awareness and an enhanced capacity for a response to suggestion. So, that being extremely suggestible seems to be like the key feature. So that if someone tells you to do something, you're more likely to kind of embrace the idea and, and get on board with it. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I think they've most compared it to daydreaming. So it's kind of that sense of that you're, you know you're awake, but you're slightly in that altered state of consciousness. Like when you kind of lose yourself in a, a book or a movie or something. Yeah, yeah. So there's this belief that like everyone is hypnotizable to a certain degree. Mm. So it's like a continuum. The the thing that got my uh, kind of um, skeptic radar up a little bit with hypnotism mm. was I saw on the uh, Hypnotist Association website that there are three prerequisites for hypnosis to work. The first is the person must want to be hypnotized. Second is they must believe they can be hypnotized. And the third is they must feel comfortable and relaxed in the situation. I smell massive placebo effect. So do I. Yeah. Massive. the research I've done, it's, and I think they haven't really done any studies comparing hypnosis to the placebo because I don't think there would be any real difference. Yeah. it's it, but In the results. Yeah. Linking back to that episode we did on the placebo effect, which can explain some pretty amazing things. We've linked back to that episode about 10 times. Like one of, one of the great episodes. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. In our, 
<laughs> it's at the low bar, but relatively one of the great episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the because there is there is evidence that hypnosis works. So there's in terms of getting people to quit smoking and fixing sleeping problems and managing pain. There's kind of you know low to medium levels of evidence that clinical hypnosis can work. Mm. It's not super strong, and it's not like really robust randomized controlled trials or anything, but there is an evidence for hypnosis and that it works. But what they can't establish, or what's really hard to establish, is that it's the hypnotic trance which is causing the change. That's yeah. what they haven't been able to kind of tease apart. And so there are lots of studies where they put people on brain scans and hypnotize them. And you will see things like you'll see more activity in certain parts of the brains than other part, or you'll see activity levels dropping. But the changes are consistent with someone who's just really relaxed or who mm. might be imagining um, a, a certain situation. So it's not kind of specific to a hypnotic trance. That's probably the big, the big issue I have with it is that the mechanisms haven't really been established. Yeah, from what I read, it seems like it's more just an extreme relaxation. Rather than, yeah, certainly not a trance. Yeah, exactly just, right. And which is great and probably very useful for anxiety or certain sort of conditions. But yeah, I don't know. It just seems like it's relaxation and they just suggest some things and then maybe a bit of placebo on the side. A little dash of placebo. Just a, If this was an ingredient, <laughs> a recipe, <laughs> it'd be stirring a little bit of hypnosis. Sprinkle in some placebo and then uh, bake at 180 degrees. <laughs> that was, you know, when you're out, you're in about year three, and there's like a recipe for world peace two spoons of compassion. Yes. <laughs> from about year two to year four, that was outstanding. But I remember, oh, that, uh, yeah. In about year eight or year nine, someone tried to trot that out in a high school classroom. Laughed. That was, that was social outcast. Uh, behavior right there i remember once in year five i had to do a speech and we had to pick a topic and do a speech and there was i think it was like a school competition and they'll choose the best ones to go and represent the school well for some reason i decided to do a speech on toilet paper and then <laughs> and then i had my little speech cards and every time i finished with a speech card instead of just putting it at the back of the pile i would wipe my bum with it and throw it on the ground <laughs> I remember that. That was one of the best, <laughs> the best speeches. I don't remember the content at all. I just remember you go on the wipe after every game. Yeah, and the teacher was like, I thought he was having a heart attack. He was laughing that hard. <laughs> but for some reason, they didn't pick me. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I reckon all sizzle, no steak. I reckon that was. The, I think uh, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> to this day, if ever I have like little palm cards or something. Yeah. I think of you doing that in that speech <laughs> about 25 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it would be. <laughs> so we should probably talk a little bit around, given that we've kind of bagged it out without uh, hearing, it, hearing it through, the theory of how hypnosis works mm-hmm. is based on the idea that the hypnotist can access a person's subconscious, their subconscious mind, by getting him into this relaxed state. So it's based on the idea that we have two minds. We have a conscious mind that does all these considered planned things in our life. And then we have our subconscious mind that does things automatically, such as breathing and, you know, when you're really familiar with a, a travel route, it'll just do it automatically. 
mm. you know, system one, system two, it's sometimes referred to as. And it's probably fair to say that because we're, we're pretty hopeless at understanding how the mind works and how the brain works, in 100 years' time, we won't be talking about it in this way. So it's, it's fairly constructed. But the idea is, is that the hypnotism puts you in a deep relaxation so the hypnotist can access your subconscious mind and suggest things to you. And because your conscious mind has been turned off, and that's the part of your brain that will kind of inhibit kind of doing things impulsively, because that's been turned off, anything that's suggested, your subconscious mind is bang up for it and we'll just we'll just go along with it. That's the that's the basic model of how hypnotism is, is meant mm. to work. And so this isn't really testable, is it? Like as with a lot of psych is that right? A lot of psychology you can't really it's all theory, really. That's right. And it's it's kind of so they they kind of have proxies for it. So some studies will say, well, the left hand side of the left hand side of the brain is more analytical, so let's say that's your conscious mind and your right hand is more creative, so let's say that's your subconscious mind and they'll they'll try to tease it apart in these really clunky ways. But mm. realistically, it's pretty sloppy, it's very constructed and like the, the idea that we do some things instinctually and automatically and we do other things in a planned, considered way is a fair observation. Mm. But in terms of the systems that drive that, we don't really understand it as well as, as we could. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think I'm in a bit of a trance, actually. That's, uh, after that <laughs> monologue, that was, for those, I was feeling sleepy. I was feeling very sleepy. <laughs> For those playing along at home, I've just spoken for about 25 minutes. I've stopped to see what Don would like to contribute. I look up, and he's pretty much playing on his phone. Yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you finished? Oh, okay, yeah, I'll continue then. <laughs> what else did you learn about hypnotism in your research? Um, yeah, I've basically, you've basically covered everything that I found out. I reckon stage hypnotism is the more interesting thing. Yes, definitely. Do you have do you have notes on that? Yeah, I looked into a little bit of it. So, so we all know stage hypnotism is when you get all, all these people in a row and they're supposedly hypnotized, and you know they're made to do stupid things. They can't get up off their chair, walk like a duck. If I use this sort of trigger word or things like that. And what I found out is apparently this has been there's a rich history of sort of stage hypnotism. But it was only turned into hypnotism sometime in the last 100 years. Before that, it was called all these other things. So all these people were doing these ridiculous, embarrassing things on command. But they only started bringing in this hypnotic trance sort of thing 100 years ago or so. And so the theory a lot of people are saying is, there's a famous sage hypnotist who has become a skeptic of the whole thing. And basically he's saying he did for 20 years, he did stage hypnotism and he did this sort of induction into you know this hypnosis sort of induction to get hypnotized and then gradually he stopped doing the induction and they were still doing the same thing so he's like mm. this whole hypnotism thing is a bit of a crock they're just doing it for other reasons and he was thinking the main reasons are peer pressure social compliance maybe participant selection so they're looking at people who are most likely to maybe be the class clown or yep. do things like that and just like being suggestible, ordinary suggestibility, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a pretty good summary, I reckon, of the of the factors that are at play. Because you can imagine, it's a self-selecting sample. It's going to be the extroverts who want to be the center of attention, and who are going to, you know, kind of feel the pressure to perform and to please, and want to play the role in the show. 
So that's that's your first filtering of everyone in the audience, they're self-selecting to put their hand up for it. Mm. And then from that group, there's, what do you call it? Participant selection. Yeah. So I've heard stories of how they ask everyone to put their hands together and pretend that they can't be separated. So the hypnotist looks at how many people are pulling their hands apart and who are those that are keeping them together. So that's the second round of selection. So those that are kind of willing to, to kind of, you know, act in line with the hypnotist suggestions are then shortlisted to be the ones that are actually on the stage. And then when they're on the stage, there's massive pressure to comply and perform in front of the audience to make a, a show of it. Mm. And then I've read that the last line of defense of the hypnotist is kind of off microphone whispers around play along, put on a good show, that kind of encouragement when people are kind of not, um, not giving enough. So I guess there's like five or six layers of kind of persuasion and compliance and performance that go into stage hypnotism, which, you know, when you're at the start of it, when they go and you're under and everyone kind of drops really rapidly. Yeah. Yeah. That, that piece there is, is the most performance art thing I've ever seen. Like there's no, there's no way you can drop someone into a relaxation state that heavily, that quickly. There's still a little bit of me, even thinking through all these factors and the placebo effect, when I watch a stage performance, there's a little bit of me that's thinking they're not breaking out of role. They're not smirking through the ridiculousness of it. Like there's some little subtle things that they're not doing that I would expect them to be doing in terms of Mm. the participants. That there's like 2% of me that just thinks... I don't know if this explains all of it. There's got to be some. There's got to be some other factors here because they're really playing that role really convincingly. Yeah, I think you're probably wrong though. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's actually in terms of like how people act and the whole social aspect of it is really really interesting how it works. And it kind of you know when you whenever I watch these kind of things, I always just think to myself. Yeah, couldn't hypnotize me. You know, like you think you're better than them. Like if you're on, yeah. if you're watching Survivor, when I'm watching Survivor, I'm like, I'd bloody win this if I was. Uh, <laughs> or big, if I'm watching Big Brother, and you have these like heroes and villains in Big Brother. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'd probably go pretty well. <laughs> I'd be the everyone liked, and <laughs> they'd love me. I'm hilarious, and uh, <laughs> they sort of. <laughs> and that's yeah. Kind of off topic, but that's when I watch those kind of shows. It's like The Apprentice. I'm like, oh, Mr. Trump would probably uh, think I'm pretty good. <laughs> I'd be a great project manager. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd be tough but fair and I'd get results. <laughs> so this has been probably a little meatier than average. Would you tolerate it if I did a little summary? <laughs> All right, just this one. This is one. No numbering of points, though. <laughs> okay. First point. <laughs> I'll do what I want, Junior. You, you get back in. Yeah, here. nice. Okay. Hypnotism is a relaxed state where you're very suggestible. The idea is that the hypnotist accesses your subconscious by turning off your conscious mind and then you're more likely to go along with things because your conscious mind isn't inhibiting these kind of actions. Big issue is, though, it's very hard to test that whole trance theory. So mm. lots of the, the research is probably testing a relaxation response with a healthy dose of placebo effect. Alrighty, that'll probably do it. That is hypnosis. 
Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time. See you next week. Thank you.